I want you to return with me in your Bible to the book of John, John chapter 13. And we are continuing to look at how to love like Jesus as we see Jesus in the upper room with his disciples the night before he is going to be condemned to death and crucified. And we're so thankful for this uh, text and what it sh- says to us about Jesus. But what we see here today, looking at this passage, beginning in verse 18, is that Jesus is a loyal friend. And if we want to love like Jesus, He calls us to demonstrate the kind of loyalty toward the people of God that He demonstrates Himself. Loyalty is rare today. Uh, In fact, uh, it's so rare that businesses and companies, they want to work real hard to buy your loyalty and, and, and this little card right here uh, with the little hole punched in it, what it says is that Patriot Barbershop owns my hair. And, uh, and, and if, what, what they want me to do is to go back in, and if I, get, if I go in, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight more times on the ninth time, I'm going to get 50% off. That's what it says. Now, I don't, I mean, I don't know if that means 50% of a haircut. Hopefully it means a whole haircut. Um, But, you know, it's a gimmick. But what they're trying to do is buy my loyalty. They want me to keep coming back in. Now, I've learned my lesson a couple of times going into other barbershops where I got whacked up. And um, so I know that loyalty to a good one is important. And it's uh, like the airline, whenever... Uh, I, I looked for the cheapest flight I could find, and we happened to get, I won't tell you the airline, but we happened to get on a really, really cheap airline, and they sent my lug. I was going to Orlando, and they sent my luggage to Atlanta, and we had to do without our luggage while we were in Orlando. I decided that airline would never have my loyalty. And so you know the difference. I mean, you know, in this society today, if you've got choices, you've got options, right? And so when it comes to spiritual matters and it comes to the church, it's kind of filtered over into the way people treat church and the way they treat their relationship with the Lord is if I don't like what I'm getting, I'll move on. I'll try something else. But what Jesus commands is our loyalty to Him and not just to Him, but also to His people. Because He is loyal to His people. And it's really, really uh, important that we do that. I wonder, has any of you ever been unfriended on Facebook? Ever been defriended, unfriended, whatever? Yeah, I have. And, uh, you know, sometimes I get unfriended and then that pe- person will pop back up and, with a friend request and I'll be like, but I thought we were already friends. What's up with that? Well, Jesus is going to be unfriended in today's passage. Why don't you stand with me and we'll read together beginning in where we left off last week in verse 18. So verse 18 of chapter 13. Just to give you the context real briefly, just again, Jesus has just uh, enjoyed the meal with his, the last meal with his disciples and he has washed the disciples' feet. Okay, so we're going to read together verse 18. I am not speaking of all of you, I know whom I have chosen, but the scripture will be fulfilled. He who ate my bread has lifted his heel against me. That's something 
David was complaining to about God. He's saying that the people that were my friends are no longer my friends. In verse 19, I am telling you this now before it takes place that when it does take place, you may believe that I am He. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever receives the one I send receives me, and whoever receives me receives the one who, I sent, who sent me. Verse 21, after saying these things, Jesus was troubled in His spirit and testified, truly, truly, I say to you, one of you will betray me. The disciples looked at one another, uncertain of whom He spoke. One of His disciples whom Jesus loved was reclining at table at Jesus' side. So Simon Peter motioned to Him to ask Jesus of whom He was speaking. So that disciple, leaning back against Jesus, said to Him, Lord, who is it? Jesus answered, It is He whom I will give this morsel of bread when I have dipped it. So when he had dipped the morsel, he gave it to Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot. Then after he had taken the morsel, Satan entered into him. Jesus said to him, what you are going to do, do it quickly. Now no one at the table knew why he said this to him. Some thought that because Judas had the money back, Jesus was telling him, buy what we need for the feast. Or that he should give something to the poor. So after receiving the morsel of bread... He immediately went out, and it was night. Let us pray together. Father, we are thankful for Your Word today. And Lord, we can look all over the world looking for a friend. And Lord, when we find that one loyal friend, we have found a great treasure. Lord, I believe in my heart there's some that have come today and they're looking, Lord, for something that they haven't been able to find here on this earth. And truly what they're looking for is friendship with Jesus. The God who made them. They want to know the Lord. And I pray that today, Lord, they would encounter You in such a real and powerful way that they could never be the same. And Lord, they would give their heart to You. They would commit themselves to You. And Lord, that You would save that sinner today. And Lord, I pray that if there's one here today, that Lord, they've been backsliding in their relationship with You. They know Jesus and they know that You are such a faithful friend. But Lord, they've not been a faithful friend in return. Their loyalty has slipped away. I pray, Lord, that today You would renew that brother or that sister, that You put them on the path of obedience. And Lord, today we would walk hand in hand as Your friends, loving You and living for You. In Jesus' name. Amen. I want you to be seated. I want to share with you this biblical truth as as you're seated. Jesus is a friend you can never lose. Once you make Jesus your friend, once Jesus becomes your friend, you can never lose Him. He's never going to leave you. The Bible says He will never forsake you. He's a friend that doesn't betray. He's a friend that keeps a confidence. He's a friend that's always by your side. And we have that assurance from Him. He is a loyal friend. And so every one of us, we need to look for a loyal friend. Look for a loyal friend. And what I mean by that is, you need to have your eyes open and ready for whenever the Lord reveals to you the people that you can trust in, and then you need to receive them as your friends and trust them and have your heart open to them. Now, that's what Jesus did. Jesus opened up His heart to 12 apostles. And whenever He did that, He even said, Have I not chosen you, the 12, and yet one of you is the devil, he said. 
So even as he opened up his heart to welcome in these friends, he was opening up his heart to be wounded. And that can happen to you and I. But what, it, what we need to do, though, is look for those people that we can rely on and we can trust. And notice again in verse 18, he says, I'm not speaking of all of you. And what he meant by that was he was not, when he was talking about how each and every one of these uh, disciples were called to wash each other's feet and that they were already clean. And he'd already said that there was one who was not clean. And he says, I'm not speaking of all of you because there's one of you that I know will betray. And then he goes on to say in verse 18, I know whom I have chosen. Jesus handpicked these men and he even handpicked Judas. That's what we have to continue to remember as we go through the text is that Jesus knew exactly what Judas was going to do to him. He knew that he would be betrayed by a kiss in the dark garden where they couldn't make out faces or anything like that. Judas was able to walk straight up and reveal to the guards who Jesus was. He betrayed his identity to the enemy. So Jesus even knowing all of those things, loved His disciples even to the end. He was a loyal friend. With those twelve apostles, minus Judas, Jesus turned the world upside down. Just with, with those twelve men. If you want a loyal friend, you've got to become a loyal friend. But if you want to learn how to be loyal, you need to look at Jesus. Because Jesus is that loyal friend. And, just, and, and Jesus had those 12 men and Judas is going to be replaced in the New Testament. And they did cast lots for Matthias, but Jesus replaced him with the Apostle Paul, the Apostle to the Gentiles, Apostle untimely born. So those 12 men, Jesus poured all of his energy and effort into, into loving them and to serving them. And he was loyal even whenever they were faithless and, and were not loyal to him and betrayed him. Man, if Jesus can turn the world upside down with 12 loyal friends, just give me one faithful friend. Just give me one. When it comes to friends, and listen, teenagers, you need to hear this probably more than anybody else in the room because most of us have figured this out by now. By the time you're my age or older, you figured it out. But for the younger people, when it comes to friends, quality, not quantity, is most important. The people that you put around yourself and the closest people to you, you're going to be influenced by them. They are going to rub off on you and you're going to rub off on them. So you need to make sure that the closest people to you are godly people. God-fearing men and women. Proverbs 18 and verse 24 says, A man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. And that friend that the Bible reveals to us is none other than the Lord Jesus. He is a faithful and loyal friend. Proverbs 19.4, man, money can bring new friends, can it? Wealth brings many new friends. But a poor man is deserted by his friends. Man, I want you to love me for who I am, not for what I can do for you. And that's the same thing that Jesus wants. Jesus wants you to love Him for who He is. And who is He? Well, He's the Lord of life. He's the Creator of the universe. 
By him, all things were created and all things have their being and all things hold together in him. They were made through him and for him. That means you. That means you were created by Jesus. And Jesus loves you. And he is loyal to you even when you run from him. Jesus wants you to put your friendship in Him and His friends. Just look at, look at, uh, continue to look at the passage with me and notice what else He says. He says, I'm not speaking of all of you. I know whom I have chosen, but the Scripture will be fulfilled. He who ate my bread has lifted his heel against me. I'm telling you this now before it takes place, that when it does take place, you may believe that I am He. So Jesus is saying, everything that I have said to you, everything that I've said previously and everything I'm going to say to you, it's all so that you will believe in me. You'll put your faith in me. The word there is faith. And and that word means to trust. Trust in me, he says. I'm telling you all these things so that you'll trust in me. See, there's a relationship that's built there, that's built upon trust. And that's what Jesus wants us to have with him. And not just him, but all those who follow him. Look next to what he says. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever receives the one I send receives me. Now let's pause there for just a second. I want you to think about, think about how seriously Jesus takes his relationship with his friends. Jesus says, if you are a friend of one of my friends, I'll be your friend. <laughs> That's how seriously Jesus takes his relationship with his friend. And then he goes on to say, not just that, but he who, whoever receives me receives the one who sent me, the God the Father. Jesus is a friend even to the friends of his friends. He's a loyal friend. And we need to be looking for a loyal friend. Now, obviously, every single heart needs friendship with Jesus. But we also need companionship with other believers. We need friendship with each other. And if you don't have that, you need to be looking for that. If you're not connected to a small group Sunday school class here and you just come to church, you need to get into a small group. Now, we've been having record numbers in small group, at least for recently, uh, in the recent time. So that's really good. Sunday school is doing great. But if you're not connected, you need to get connected. Why? Because you need to be looking for loyal friends. Friends that you can trust that will be there, that you can confide in. Ones that won't run out on you, but will stay with you and be near to you. And so I'm asking you, if you're not a part, to become a part. And bring someone else with you as well so we can see our Sunday school build. What is that all about? Well, it's about Christian relationships. It's about making Jesus the center of your life. Putting others around that circle together with you to worship the same Lord that you know and love. And so we need to look for a loyal friend. Secondly, we need to lean on a loyal friend. Every one of us has to lean. I was uh, at the ballpark yesterday. We had opening day ceremonies and they, there was, they didn't have the concession, concession stands open. All they had open was the food truck. And the food truck was uh, a nice food truck. It's decent. We were in line. And right as we got closer up, I could see the sign that the, the food truck lady had put on the food truck. And it said, lean on Jesus, not on my counter. And I said, okay. 
Well, that counter, you could tell that counter, it was kind of, it wasn't really level. It was kind of slanted. <laughs> Somebody had leaned up on it and bent it. And, uh, and it, it just made me think about the passage and how sometimes when we lean on people, we realize that uh, they don't hold us up. Well, when Jesus, when you lean on Jesus, Jesus is going to hold you up. Now look at what he says in verse 21. After saying these things, Jesus was troubled in his spirit and testified, Truly, truly, I say to you, one of you will betray me. Disciples looked at one another uncertain of whom he spoke. One of his disciples, whom Jesus loved, was reclining at table at Jesus' side. Now we know that that is, we know that to be John the Apostle. Later on in chapter 30, he's going to say, the one who testifies of these things is the one who's writing to you. And so he's going to say that, and it, he revealed himself as John the Apostle. And so he's leaning against Jesus. I want you to see that. So that disciple, I'm sorry, so Simon Peter motioned to him to ask Jesus of whom he was speaking, verse 25. So that disciple leaning back against Jesus said to him, Lord, who is it? Now, I want you to get the picture now. They're, they're sitting around a table that's very short. It's not like the, the tables that we have today. Some of your tables are countertop height, and you have to climb up on a stool to sit there. That's the way ours is in our, our, our breakfast area. It's just you've got to climb up to the table. Well, it wasn't like that back then. Their table would be down close to the floor, and there'd be a, a soft pillow that they would call a couch, even though it was on the floor, and they would sit on that couch together at that table, kind of reclining. And if there wasn't a wall to recline against, you'd kind of need to back up against somebody else, lean up against their shoulder, or back up against their back. And this is what Jesus and John the Apostle were doing. They were leaned up against one another. Now, can you imagine being that close to Jesus? That's amazing to me. Somebody would be that close to Jesus. And John was also called the beloved disciple. And that's how he designated himself. He was too humble of a man to just use his name. He wanted to say the disciple that Jesus loved. Now, certainly, Jesus loved all of his disciples. He loved them all. Even Judas, he loved them all. But this was simply just a way to, to illustrate the close connection that Jesus had with John. You see several occasions throughout the New Testament where Jesus is taking John, Peter, James, and John, and He's going places and doing things that the rest of the disciples aren't privileged to see. The healing of Jairus' daughter. Or the transfiguration on the Mount of Transfiguration. John saw those things. And then later on you see all of the disciples have fled and they've all gone their way. They've all left Jesus to be crucified. But when Jesus looks down from the cross, who does He see? He sees John, the apostle. And John was the, this only disciple that was present at the cross, and Jesus entrusted to him in that moment, Jesus entrusted to John something very valuable, something very precious to Himself. He looked at His mother and He said, Woman, behold thy son. And He looked over at John and He said, John, Son, behold thy mother. And so basically what Jesus was saying is, I'm no longer going to be able to take care of my mother. John, it's your job now. And he trusted John with that. So he's leaning against John. And he's relying on John. And entrusting things to John. And then later, he's even able to say to John that 
in this context here. It is he whom I will give this morsel of bread when I have dipped it. He says in verse 26. So he even entrusted John with that knowledge and knew that he could trust John to tell him who it was that would betray. The Duke of Wellington is best remembered as the general who defeated Napoleon at Waterloo in 1815. You know the story? But during his earlier service in India, Wellington was in charge of negotiations after the Battle of Assay. An emissary of an Indian ruler was there and he was anxious to know what territories his master was going to have after uh, it was all said and done. And he wanted that information. He kept pressing that information out of Wellington. And finally, he offered Wellington a large sum of money to, to tell him about it. So Wellington leaned in and looked the emissary in the eye and he said, can you keep a secret? Well, the emissary replied, yes, indeed, I can keep a secret. And Wellington replied, so can I. And he didn't get that information. Have you ever given information to someone? You've ever trusted someone and you gave them the information and they turned around and they used it against you? Have you ever been betrayed, stabbed in the back by somebody that was supposed to care about you, supposed to love you, and they stabbed you in the back and you've been hurt by that? Have you ever gone through that? You, you know how that feels and you know how upset that makes you? Well, Jesus knew that that was coming and He was troubled in His spirit. But He was leaning on John's back. In that moment, if the Lord of heaven and earth needed to lean against John, the apostle, don't you and I need to lean on the Lord of heaven? And don't we need one another to lean upon? We certainly do. But not only was was John there, Judas was there as well. Very, very close. So Judas, Jesus knew whom he could lean on. I just realized that we got three J's in the room. Jesus, Judas, and John. Makes it hard to keep them straight, doesn't it? I want you to see a loyal friend that you can lean on. Shows up sooner. Sits closer. And stays longer. Now if we recognize that we all need that loyal friend, what's keeping you from being a loyal friend? Are you that person that shows up sooner? I, I, I pick with, I'm going to use you for an illustration just for a minute, Captain McFarlane. Every time I show up, he and not just Captain, but also the guy sitting behind him, Joe, every time I show up to visit someone in the hospital, I'm, I'm second. They've already had their visit with Tony and Joe. And they're faithful to do it. Shows up sooner. Sits closer. You can lean on them. You know, when other people run away, they're there. In the book of Job, the Bible says when Job's three friends heard all of the things that had happened to Job, they were hurt in their heart about it and they tore their clothes and then they came to Job, they met him and they sat down with him. And they just sat with him for a while. They were really good friends in the first couple chapters. After that, they opened their mouths and messed it up. But sits closer, 
It stays longer. When everybody else goes home, a loyal friend is there and stays with you. Paul had companions that he leaned on. 2 Timothy 1, 16-18 talks about Anessa for us. By the way, that's not Onesimus that we see in the book of Philemon. That's a different guy, okay? But this is Onesiphorus. He says of him, May the Lord grant mercy to the household of Onesiphorus, for he often refreshed me and was not ashamed of my change. When no one would show up, Onesiphorus was there for Paul and brought him refreshments even when he was in prison. But when he arrived in Rome... Paul says, he searched for me earnestly and found me. May the Lord grant him to find mercy from the Lord on that day. He's going to have a friend in heaven, is what Paul says. And you well know all the service that he rendered at Ephesus. And when it comes to the Lord and leaning on the Lord, Peter says to us, cast all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Jesus is the friend who shows up early, who sits closer. And stays longer. He is a loyal friend that you can lean on. Are you that kind of friend that someone can count on? Are you the brother or sister who will show up when no one else does? So lean on a loyal friend. And lastly, labor to be a loyal friend. It's something that you've got to labor at. You've got to try and strive for. You've got to decide in your heart that you're going to be loyal to the Lord Jesus. It's just like marriage. The Bible talks about and, and, and talks about how marriage is related to our relationship with Christ. The church and Christ is just like you and your spouse. And the fact that you make a covenant, and you make that strong commitment that cannot be broken, and you choose in your heart to forsake all others and serve only one. And this is what the Lord wants for, from every single one of us. And some of us, we've allowed our hearts to go after other things. And the Lord Jesus is calling us back and He's saying, listen, if you go down that road, if you allow other things to carry your heart away, you're going to be like Judas. You're going to betray the one who loves you and the one who died for you. Look again what it says. Jesus said in verse 26, it is He whom I will give this morsel of bread when I have dipped it. Now, think about that for just a minute. The other, the other Gospels tell us that Judas was sitting right next to Jesus on the other side. If John was on one side, Judas was on the other. And they were dipping out of the same cup together. That's how close Judas was in proximity to Jesus. Notice the trust that has to be there. The faithfulness that Jesus is demonstrating, what Jesus is saying to Judas is, is not that you have to go down this road. I'm right here if you just turn to me. But Judas wouldn't do it. And the closer you are to someone, the worse their betrayal hurts. Judas was this close to Jesus, but his heart was this far away. Matthew 15, 7-9, Jesus laments and He says, You hypocrites! Well did Isaiah prophesy of you when he said, This people honors me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. Jesus was saying there's a lot of people that pretend. There's a lot of people that get close. They, they wear the right clothes. They say the right things. They get real churchy about all kinds of things, but they really don't have a relationship with Jesus. They're far from him. 
John 12 and verse 6. Judas was there whenever Mary came and brought her ointment and she poured it out on Jesus' feet. Jesus said she was anointing Him for His burial. But Judas was in the corner and Judas said, can you believe that waste? We could have taken that, that ointment and sold it for 300 denarii and given it to the poor. He, all he was thinking about was the money though. John says he said this not because he cared about the poor, but because he himself was a thief. And having charge of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put into it. Somebody put a little bit of money in the money bag, he scoot a little to the side and put it in his own pocket. J- Judas was motivated not by his love for Jesus, but for his love for possessions. Paul felt that same sting of betrayal. 2 Timothy 4.10, he talks about this guy named Demas, and Demas early on had been with Paul. He would journey with Paul and he would minister with Paul and then later on at the very end of his life whenever Paul's going down his list of friends the the list of friends are getting shorter and fewer in between and and he says for Demas in love with this present world has deserted me and gone to Thessalonica writer of Hebrews warns us chapter 13 verse 5 keep your life free from the love of money And be content with what you have. For He has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And I want to challenge you this morning because you could say, well, I'm not in love with money. I I, I don't need a lot of money. You can put anything in that blank. Keep your life free from the love of... Fill in the blank. Keep your life free from the love of recreation. Keep your life free from the love of retirement. Keep your life free from the love of relationships. You can put anything in the blank that you would substitute for your relationship with Jesus and the warning would be the same. But the consolation is still the same. Listen to what he says. Be content with what you have for he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. You have a faithful friend and let me tell you about Jesus for just a second. Can I brag on him for a minute? When Jesus was resurrected, He spent 40 days with His disciples on this earth and then He was lifted up. He went up into heaven and guess what? He's seated at the right hand of God the Father and all glory and power and authority belong to Jesus. Everything that's ever been created in heaven and on earth all belongs to Jesus. He owns it all. When you have a friend you've got a, in Jesus, you've got a friend in high places. Amen. He's all that you need. Man, give me one faithful friend. If that friend is Jesus, I have all the friends I need. I want you as my friend too. I want all my friends to be friends with Jesus. And He promised that once you're His friend, you'll never lose Him. Why would he allow Judas to do what he did? Jesus knew that in order for the Scripture to be fulfilled, he must be betrayed. 
Everyone has a Judas in your life. I want to speak to you about that right now for just a moment as we conclude. If you've been stabbed in the back, like Julius Caesar, stabbed by Brutus, your closest friend. I mean, he was, as the story goes, he was fending off all of the assailants until he saw Brutus. And when he saw Brutus standing at the door, he gave up. And Brutus stabbed him in the back. John 6, verse 66. After this, many of his... By the way, that's 666. I don't know if that's important to you or not. (laughs) After this, many of his disciples turned back and no longer walked with him. They went away from him. So Jesus said to the twelve, do you want to go away as well? Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of life, and we have believed and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. Jesus answered him, did I not choose you, the twelve, and yet one of you is the devil? He spoke of Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, for he, one of the twelve, was going to betray him. So Jesus knew this all along. He knew that he was going to be betrayed, and yet he still loved and welcomed Judas. Some of you are so afraid. You're afraid to open up your heart because you've been hurt before. But if you never open your heart and you never let him in, you'll never find the loyal friend. You'll never find the one who gave his all for you. And some of you, you've let Jesus in. You love Jesus, but your commitment is ankle deep. Your faith is a, is a mile wide and ankle deep and he wants you to dive off in the deep end with him. When things get hard, he's asking you, are you going to go away too? Hardship can either strengthen your loyalty or it can dissolve your loyalty. It's a test. You know, Judas decided that Jesus was worth less than 30 pieces of silver. That's all Jesus was worth to Judas. How much is Jesus worth to you? How much is he worth to you? What if he called you to pay that ultimate price for him, to lay it all down for him? Would you do it? What if he said, what I really want from you is commitment? I want your loyalty. I just want you to be faithful in the small things and be faithful until I come. Can you do that, church? Would you be willing? Or will you go away as well? I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. You've been offered more. You've been offered so much more than anything here on this earth. You've been offered life eternal in heaven by a Savior who died for you. How much is He worth? Would you lay aside any and everything and be totally devoted to Jesus? If you're coming to Him today for the first time and you're asking Him to be your Lord and Savior, 
or you're renewing your commitment to him, I want you to just pray this prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I admit to you that I am a sinner. I've done things that I know are wrong. And I failed to do what I know is right and I know that I've hurt you. But Jesus, you've always loved me. And I know that you lived a sinless life. And you proved your love by dying on my cross. And Jesus, I believe you were raised again on the third day. And so I put my faith and trust in you. And I ask you to forgive me of my sin and save me. Jesus, I'll spend the rest of my life loving you and serving you. This is my commitment to you here and now. And if you prayed that prayer, the Lord Jesus has heard that prayer. So just say this prayer. Say, Jesus, thank you for saving me. I ask it all in your name. Amen. Would you stand with me? This is your opportunity now. That if you prayed that prayer and you meant it with all your heart, this is your opportunity to make that good news known so that we can celebrate with you. and We can encourage you. We can welcome you into the family of faith. We're your brothers and sisters in Christ. And you need us and we need you. And so you come. Make it known that Jesus has become your Lord and Savior today. We'll offer you believers baptism and a small group Sunday school class and resources so that you can follow Christ. If you've renewed your commitment to Christ today and you want to come and share, we welcome you. If you want to join this church, we're welcoming you. And if you simply need prayer, our altar counselors are coming and they'll greet you here and pray with you and love you in Christ. Let's sing together. Abdomen.